Hello, and welcome to this podcast from Consider This. Please let me know what you think and tell others about us on social media. This podcast was originally broadcast live on Northumberland 89.7 FM. You can hear this show live every Friday at noon. Thank you for downloading this program, and I hope you enjoy it. Hello, I'm Robert Washburn, and welcome to Consider This Northumberland, a current affairs program dedicated to the issues facing our community. We talk to the people on the front lines and those behind the scenes who make a difference in your life in Northumberland County. So I'm asking you, the listener, to take some time out of your busy day to consider this. We all get them. Those emails from the bank that tell us there's a problem with our account. Or maybe it's the email from a business telling us we won a fabulous prize. All we need to do is click on the link to claim it. And in our excitement, we quickly glance at the logo and the information, then we click. Within the blink of an eye, a virus is unleashed, and our computer is a mess. Or worse, we share personal banking information and our account is emptied. There's a tsunami of information coming at us each day. We drowned in it. It is so hard to process all of it. From the simple email to the disinformation on social media, We must constantly be on our toes. And it's not just those who are elderly who are victims. Many of us thoughtlessly like and share information, barely taking a moment to think. It's one of the reasons disinformation becomes so widely spread. The staff at Northumberland County are hoping to help people become more adept at dealing with the pitfalls of the online world. Through its digital literacy program, the county is offering multiple online sessions for free. These cover timely topics like dealing with viruses and scams through to spotting disinformation. I will be talking to the person in charge of those programs about all of the details. Next, there is a follow-up story. Now, you might remember back in July, there was a survey of young adults going on in Campbellford. Well, the results are in, and they were made public last week. Today, we have an interview with the consultant behind the study about what they found out. Some of the findings will surprise you. But first, here is my interview with Toadie Pollock, IT Director for Northumberland County and the person responsible for the Digital Literacy Program. He will be talking about these free courses to help us avoid some of the challenges of the Internet. I'm so pleased to have with me today Tony Pollock, IT Director for Northumberland County and the person responsible for the Digital Literacy Program. Welcome to Consider This, Tony. Thank you for having me. Now, starting on November 16th and running for a number of weeks, there are some free online sessions uh, being run by Northumberland County for people and businesses to help them be safer and smarter online. Can you tell listeners what this is all about? So starting November 16th, Northumberland County will be offering online learning sessions for community members at no charge through the digital literacy program. This program was developed to help foster a smart Northumberland the vision expressed in the county's 2019 digital strategy. These sessions will be presented by our partner, TechDoubt, and they're supported with funding from the Department of Canadian Heritage. We will be offering three uh, separate courses. The first, staying safe on the internet. This session, in this session, participants will learn to identify and defend against common uh, internet-based cyber threats such as viruses, malware, and phishing attacks delivered through fake emails and fake websites using a variety of tools and techniques. The second session will be on bias and fact-checking. 
This session will address bias and misinformation, which is erroneous information, and disinformation, which is false information intended to mislead on the internet and provide techniques and credible sources for fact checking and cross referencing information. And finally, the third session will be on stopping the COVID-19 infodemic. Through this session, participants will learn how to help stop the spread of misinformation and disinformation in the COVID-19 infodemic by identifying and sharing credible sources of information. Each session will be offered three times a week on Mondays and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. and Fridays at 2 p.m. Registration is required and you can register online at smartnorthumberland.ca. That's fascinating. Now, lots of good stuff in there, but I'd like to take a little bit of time and sort of explore all of what we just talked about. So being safe on the internet is not always that easy. I mean, there are viruses out there, there's malware, and then there's phishing attacks, which and I know we're not talking about walleye and rice lake, right? So mm, maybe you can uh, tell us a bit about what are viruses, what is malware, and what are phishing attacks? So um, to begin with, viruses are, 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 are basically computer programs, and, and to some extent malware as well, are computer programs that get inadvertently or, or through, through some uh, devious process get installed on your computer that, that can potentially damage your computer, steal your information, um, and in and, and, and the worst uh, set of cases could be a ransomware attack that goes ahead and, and encrypts all of, your, uh, all of your data and then you get asked for um, a ransom to, to help encrypt that information. Um, phishing attacks, which is a, a, a common way of, of getting information from individuals, are for the most part are directed towards that individual and, and are, are attempts to gain personal or private information such as bank account information, passwords, um, and are all, uh, also a, a, a prime sort of vector for bringing in the ransomware. So it's important that as you know, as we participate in the internet, and and uh, you know, as we are on the on the internet, which has a lot of value, that there's also a lot of risk, and we need to understand what that risk is, and we need to understand how to protect ourselves, protect our computers, and, and to be aware of these uh, these these potential uh, pitfalls that exist, uh, that we, for, so that we can protect ourselves and our information. Now, I also know that there's things called fake emails and fake websites. And they, oftentimes these look like legitimate organizations that might look like they came from a bank or maybe a place where we do business or, you know, where we shop and they'll arrive in our email and while they look legitimate, they're not. So can you tell me a bit about those kinds of things and what this course will offer to help us recognize what is fake and what is not? You're absolutely right, Rob, especially with emails now, a lot of the, uh, uh, the bad actors out there are able to to create uh, emails that look exactly like they come from your bank, um, and and they they will redirect you to to look what looks like the login page from your bank, and 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 it's it's all fake. It's it's not real, but it's so hard to tell just by looking at it. What we will do during this course is is help help our residents to identify the red flags. Like what are those flags that help you? say, you know, this doesn't look right. Um, and it may be something like the looking at the reply to address, you know, hovering your mouse over the reply to address, or hovering your mouse over the, the button that they're asking you to click. Um, and, or, or, or even just asking that, um, you know, those questions as to why am I getting this email? One of the things that we, we teach our staff here in Northumberland County is the concept of control the contact. 
Um, so if you do get something from your bank or you do get something that, that looks that's legitimate but you're, you're, you're unsure, we, 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 get, we ask our staff to, to control that contact. Don't click the link that's presented to you there, but rather pick up the phone and call the bank and ask them, did you just send me an email telling me my account was locked and that I needed to re-enter in my password? Um, so it's that it's that kind of looking at things a little differently, being a little more critical about how we view an email that comes in, to ask those questions, why am I getting this? And then in the end to, to, to really control that contact just to make sure that we're safe and that everything is on the up and up. So that's one session. Now I know there's another session where you're going to talk about bias and fact checking. Now you hear a lot about uh, social media and fake news and these kinds of terms, and there's a lot of talk about it, but it is it's not always as easy to recognize as you would think. Now, can you explain where we might find misinformation or disinformation on the internet? Both misinformation and disinformation are, you're, you're right, it, it, it's not easy to spot and, and, it's, and it's everywhere, it's prevalent. Everybody, including myself and yourself, we have biases. So whenever we talk or you know, if we, if we post on the internet, we have an internal bias that, that, that we present. Some people for that bias tends to be a little more disingenuous. Um, and, and through this course, what we're, what we're not, we, we're not gonna be identifying and saying, oh, here, this is, this is definitely disinformation or this is definitely misinformation. But we're gonna get, we're gonna try to show our, or give our residents, our, our community members, the tools and techniques to be able to make that decision for themselves. So instead of just believing what you hear, here's how I can validate the, the truth or the authenticity of that information. So the focus really is gonna be on, here are the tools, here are the techniques, here, and, and here's how to think critically about any sort of information that you, uh, that, that you consume on the internet. We always hear about these misinformation and disinformation campaigns, and we think of them sort of being elsewhere or being generated from elsewhere. But do you at the county ever run into this problem? I mean, do you ever get a time when you send out a notification, say, about waste collection or recycling, and then suddenly people start making comments or sharing it with notes tagged on it that don't represent the facts that the county's trying to communicate? I mean, do you actually experience this at the county or see it on a local basis? Oh, yes, we do. I, I think we see it everywhere. I mean, it's, it's in our personal lives and it's, it, you know, when we're at home and we're on Facebook and you're chatting with your, you know, with your relatives or, or, or even here in the organization, we see it. I know through our communications department that a considerable amount of effort is, is, is put into, you know, phrasing the information in a way that it's, that it's neutral and, and, and also having, you know, attempting to have a discourse to clear up confusion or, or any misinformation that, you know, that is posted about something that, that we've come forward with. And I'm sure too, local businesses must experience that too when they go onto social media and try to promote their business or do online transactions. I mean, it's easy to see how social media might uh, interfere with that and, and uh, you know, again, create miscommunication or bad information that might be hurt their business. You're, you're right. I mean, there's, it, I think it all boils down to, you know, to both, you know, to technology and to the internet and to social media is that there are pros and there are benefits um, for, with that technology, but there's also risks and, and, and it's trying to identify those specific to, to social media. There's research out there that suggests that social media contributes to people becoming entrenched in their beliefs because there is this limited exposure um, to alternative opinions. 
you know, so so something is said, it's out there, but that but that discourse is missing. Just the, the nature of the way that social media has has sort of uh, uh, matured over over the last little while. So this siloing of people, and, and what happens is people get siloed into a particular side because they lack that you know that that the, the view of the other side or that discourse for the other side, um, and 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 also it limits that that compromise, and 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 it's this discourse and this compromise that's essential for for democracy. Um, I know it's something that came up during the you know development of our digital strategy when we did reach out to to the community. And, and, and our, our attempt here with the digital strategy and with the digital literacy program is to look at utilizing advancements in technology um, and, and, and also about how to, how to process and how to, how, to, how to work with this technology in an effort to, to foster an inclusive, prosperous and secure community. Well, that leads me into my next question, which is sort of the proactive nature of these sessions. I mean, one of them deals with how individuals can stop the spread of misinformation and disinformation during COVID-19 and how to deal with credible sources. Can you tell us more about this session? Because, I mean, this is very critical at, at this particular time. Yeah, so I, I mean, back in, in, in February of 2020, um, the World Health Organization uh, characterized, uh, you know, COVID-19 as, as, uh, as an infodemic, as, as something that's become so prevalent um, not just in our community, not just in our country, but in the whole world. Um, it's very important. Um, it's very important, especially during the pandemic, that people, um, everybody, be able to assess the quality, credibility, and relevance of any source of information that they have. Um, and, and that really is the focus of this session: is is to touch on the tools and techniques for fact checking and cross referencing information to help people identify. What are these credible sources of information that you know that we, that we should be sharing, and how do we stop spread? How do we stop the spread of this the, the disinformation that that is being um, you know that it is being sent out uh, regarding COVID nineteen? Really interesting too, because when you think about how we behave online, oftentimes we sort of bang in or bash into information online, either through our computers or through our mobile phones and through social media, and we, we, it's always a quick hit. Whereas when we talk yeah. about really the type of thing that you're talking about, it's about investing time and, and actually caring about the kinds of information and what it is you're actually absorbing. And, you know, when we take that sort of hit and run attitude, then I think we expose ourselves more to this misinformation. Whereas I think if we took some time and, you know, treated it as, as we would in a thoughtful way, you know, it only takes a couple of seconds or a couple of minutes and you can find out something is credible or not. But somehow yeah, we, we just haven't learned yet to take that time to invest. Yeah, I, what's been your experience with that? Well, and I, I think a lot of it has to do, as I mentioned a little earlier, was it's about information overload. There's so much information out there and, and there's so little time that we have to validate it. Um, and, you know, and it used to be that information would come to us and you know, newspaper articles or, or books or whatnot. And now it comes in, you know, a hundred and odd, odd characters on a, on, on a post somewhere. And there's so much of this information and we have so little time. We, we, you know, you, you, people do their best to try to, you know, this sounds right or this doesn't sound right. This, this kind of, you know, this, I, I'm, I, you know, I feel there's some value in this. And, and really what we're trying to do here is, to your point, 
let's spend a little bit of extra time. If this is something that's important to you, if it's something that resonates with you, spend those few extra minutes and, and, and we'll give you the tools and we'll give you the techniques on how to validate this information just to make sure that, that it is authentic, what, what you think, what you're believing or what you're thinking about the item that you're reading about. So how did the county become interested in doing these sessions? Well, it all comes out of our digital strategy. So back in, in, in August of, of 2019 and through most of 2019, we worked on the development of our digital strategy. So how do we keep our residents, how do we bring our residents you know, along with this so that they can participate you know, in, in, this, in, in, this, in this new sort of environment that, that's, that's being developed? And so this, you know, digital literacy is one action item and this is one of the, the pieces that are, that are fitting or aligning with that initiative. Now, it's interesting, too, because oftentimes we think about digital literacy and, and we get a certain picture of an individual in our minds and they tend to be older and less technically savvy. And yet the stuff that we've talked about so far today affects everybody. Doesn't Absolutely. matter, you know, anybody that's got a smartphone, anybody that gets on a computer, you know, should know this stuff. It's, right. it's that critical. So, I, I mean, it, when you put, those, uh, put this out there, we're not talking about... Uh, just one demographic group. We're talking about everybody could benefit from this. Am I understanding that correctly? Absolutely. I mean, it, it really is for everybody. And, and we do know that there's, you know, differing varying levels of, of, of technical expertise within the community. Um, I, I know our, our kids or my kids were, you know, were, were brought up with technology and, and they're, they're quite familiar with, with using the different tech. Uh, however, I'm still concerned about you know them staying safe and whether they under, truly understand the risks that you know that exist out there. Um, but yet yeah, this this course is, is meant for everybody from you know from 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 our youth up to our seniors, um, anybody that's that uses technology, um, you know, staying how to stay safe on the internet. Like I said earlier, it's it's a great resource, but there's a lot of risk out there, and just being aware of that risk and, and understanding what it looks like. Um, really helps a lot to move us in, in a direction that we may be able to, to, to generate some positive output, you know, from, from technology and from the internet. Now, who's hosting these sessions? Uh, they're being done online via Zoom. Um, so so everything's being done virtually. Everything's being done online. We have partnered with David Robertson from TechOut. Uh, who's a local um, local IT company here, and they will be actually running the sessions. There's going to be a total of 45 of them between over the next five months, um, 15 for each of the three topics. How much does this cost? I heard you mention uh, a grant earlier, so can you tell us a bit about that? Yeah, so w with respect to this particular program, we, we did apply for... Um, a funding opportunity with the Department of Canadian Heritage and we were successful. So the bulk of, of the cost to deliver this is, is being covered through that, through that funding uh, agreement. Um, there are additional in-kind uh, type contributions and it's basically, you know, some of my time, some of our communications time that we're contributing to this, to this project to, to, to move it forward. Uh, the, but the bulk of the cost of this is covered through the, the funding submission. And what's the dollar amount? Uh, the, it was approximately $30,000 or it was $27,500 uh, of, of the grant money that we received from the uh, Department of Canadian Heritage. And in, in addition to that, there's some in-kind time that, that, that we're contributing on our behalf. What about in the future after these sessions have run? Are, are we going to see more of this kind of thing? Uh, absolutely, I would love to. Uh, I envision 
with respect to digital literacy that we have three main sort of areas uh, within our county. I mean, we've, we've got our youth and we've got our children as they're, as they're coming up through school and trying to decide, you know, what, what do I want to do with, with my career? And, and, you know, we've got this big shift um, in, 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 in business towards technology. So there's a, there's a focus there. I know the school boards do a lot of work in that area as, uh, already. We've also have our seniors, uh, the bulk of which are still new to this technology and, 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 you know, doing something along the lines of introducing the technology, what can you do with the technology and also about being safe. Um, but we've also got our working age um, adults who, you know, who may want to learn more about technology, who are thinking potentially of career changes, uh, moving away from one career, maybe into a technology-based career. You know, so we've identified these opportunities. We will, you know, continue to, to, to pursue funding opportunities and, and partnerships to be able to deliver digital literacy opportunities for our residents. Tony Pollock, I want to thank you so much for talking to me today. Thank you, Rob. I, I appreciate the time. That was Tony Pollock, IT Director for Northumberland, responsible for the Digital Literacy Program. When we come back, dispelling some of the myths about young adults. No, they don't all want to run away to the big city. In fact, a good number of them want to stick around. That and more about the survey done in Campbellford when we come back. Please stay tuned to consider this on Northumberland 89.7 FM, your truly local source for news. We'll be right back. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Consider This. If you have any comments or would like to suggest a story, please contact me at considerthisnorthumberland at gmail.com or you can message me on Facebook at Consider This. If you enjoyed this podcast or are looking for more news and information about Northumberland County, please check out my website at consider-this.ca. That's consider-this.ca. And don't forget to share. And again, thank you for listening and stay tuned for more from Consider This.